0: Father, we call upon your name today. We pray that we would find our rest and our strength in you today. And so, Father, as we look into your word, I just pray that you would work in our hearts. Um, I pray that you would lead us to be more like you. We love you, Lord. I thank you so much for this wonderful day that you've created. And pray that we would worship you with everything we have. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. I hope you're all doing well this morning. Um, it, it, like I said, it's a beautiful day. It's a, it's a great opportunity to worship God today. And so I, I just, I got to start by saying that it's been over a month since we've had sports, and this is hard for me. And so I I I need to talk about sports for a little bit. So if you'll indulge me, I've got, there's this story that I've just got to share with you. This is one of my favorite things that happened in the sports world um, in the past few years. And so I want to tell you the story of of a guy named Jalen Hurts. I'm sorry to those of you um, that don't like the team that I'm going to be talking about. I know this may be um, difficult for some of you to hear. But, th- but this is an incredible story, and it speaks to, to where we're at, where we're looking in Scripture today. But Jalen Hurts, in 2016, um, came into the Alabama football program as a true freshman, and he competed for the starting quarterback job. And, and so Jalen Hurts competed with another guy to try to be the starting quarterback at Alabama, and, and he succeeded. After the first game, they made him the starting quarterback for one of the best teams in the country. He was the first freshman in 32 years, first true freshman to start at, as quarterback at Alabama University. And so Jalen um, became the quarterback, and he had a great... Um, freshman season. He, he had great numbers. He led the Alabama Crimson Tide to a perfect regular season a- and they won the SEC championship. They made it all the way to the national championship and, and in his freshman year, they made it to the national championship. They just came up short and lost to Clemson. A lot of teams have been there lately. They're, they're pretty good. But then his, his sophomore season, he came back and once again, had an incredible season. They they went thirteen and one in the regular season. Um, they they once again went all the way and and made it to the national championship game. So think about this guy who grew up probably the most athletic guy everywhere he went. He was super successful. He his career just started off with a great trajectory, and and he's his first two seasons he makes it to the national championship game but in that sophomore season at halftime of the national championship something happened see see jalen hurts hadn't been playing so well and so they got to halftime and and his coach decided that it was better for them to go with another quarterback and so jalen hurts sat on the bench while tua who came in, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, to a T is what we're going to call him. He came in and he led um, Alabama to win the national championship over the Georgia Bulldogs. I I can't even imagine What this must have been like for Jalen Hurts to lead his team, to be the first true freshman in 32 years, to be the starter at Alabama, and to lead his team to a perfect season in a national championship, and then once again to lead his team his second season to a national championship, only to get there and have to watch another quarterback lead them to victory in the offseason there were all these questions what's going to happen who's going to start this next season and where, where's alabama going to go at quarterback and and what ended up happening is alabama chose tua to be their quarterback for jalen's third season and, and so Jalen went from being the first true freshman in 32 years, he went from being a two-time um, representative at the national championship, he went from being one of the most successful quarterbacks in college football to, to sitting on the bench and watching. I mean, can you imagine what he must have felt Can you imagine uh, where he must have felt his career had gone when, like I said, the trajectory was going up and up, and then all of a sudden he found himself in a place that he didn't think he would be, a place he had never been in his career, sitting, watching somebody else do the job that he thought was his. I can't imagine the, the hurt that he felt. But but the, but that the reason I tell this story is that place the place that Jalen Hurts found himself there is the place that that we're going to be looking at over the next four weeks, and that's this place where when everything is going the way you think it should be when everything is is humming along and the trajectory is good but all of a sudden you find yourself in a place of what we're going to call in between. Where, where, where you find yourself in a place that, that you're not where you thought you would be. You, you're uncomfortable, you're out of sorts, you don't know what to do. That, that's where he found himself and, and I think we often find ourselves in that place where life doesn't look like what we expected it to look like. The truth is we're all living there right now. We're, we're going through a time that we've, we've never gone through. None of us have ever experienced something like this. And so we're in this place of trying to figure things out, this place of in-between. But, but I don't just want to talk about, you know, this place that we're in right now. I know that for each and every one of us, we have probably experienced a time in our life where we were in-between. We were lost. We were, maybe, maybe you would use the word exile. That's the word that's going to be used in the Scripture today. But, but we find ourselves not knowing what to do or where to go maybe for you it was you you spent your whole life planning to go in one direction with your career all of a sudden to have that changed in my house this is really true right now because we are in between two houses We've done a lot of work and put our house on the market and sold our house, and we're getting ready to move into the new house, and there's all this work to be done there, and so, so we've just found ourselves at this place of in-between, and, and, and so, so I know that some of you have been there. Maybe you've been through great life change. Maybe, maybe you've, you've been in a place of hurt where, where you just didn't know where to go, but that's where we find ourselves in the Scripture today. And over the course of this series, we're going to be looking at a passage from the, the Old Testament, from the first half of the Bible, and it's from Jeremiah. It's a scripture that, if you've been around the church very often, you've probably heard a part of this scripture quoted. It's Jeremiah 29, and the verse that you've probably heard quoted all the time is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans for your, to give you a future and a hope. And so, so we're going to look at Jeremiah 29, but, but really the whole chapter of Jeremiah 29 is what is called the letter to the exiles. This is what God has to say to people, to the Israelites in specific, who find themselves in this place of exile, in this place of in-between, in this place of being lost. And so over the next four weeks, I really want us to look at what God would say to us how God would have us respond to the in-between. Now, first off, we've got to get a few things straight. This is really important. There's three things that I, I want to get straight for us before we jump into the Scripture. Number one... The the Israelites that we're reading about in this scripture find themselves in exile because they have failed. They're in trouble. They have not honored their end of their commitment to God, and so they have been put into captivity. And so, first and foremost, I just want to say this. In no way am I saying or implying that when we experience in between, it's because we are being punished by God. Listen, sometimes... We're going to find ourselves in the in-between because of choices that we've made. They're the result. It's the result of choices that we've made. But sometimes we find ourselves as right now that we, I don't think we did anything to deserve this necessarily, but but here we are living in the in-between. And so first off, I just want to be very clear that, that it, I think it's poor theology to think that any time you find yourself in a bad place or find yourself lost, it's because God put you there. I, I don't think that's what's happening. Number two, this text, Jeremiah 29, is a specific text to a specific people. This is God's word. This is God's letter to the people of Israel. Now, that has a couple different meanings there. That has a couple things we need to understand about it. Number one, this was not written to us. So, so we can't take everything that God says to the, the Israelites and apply it one-to-one for our lives. However, I do believe in Scripture when God speaks to his people that we can learn from and that God intends for us to learn how to be God's people by the stories that we see in scripture. And so I do believe, even though this is written to a specific people in a specific time, that this is true for us today and that we can learn from what God tells them. Number three, and this is an important point, just because we are followers of Christ does not mean that we can avoid in between times. It does not, just because you turn your life over to God and you say, I'm going to follow Jesus, doesn't mean that life's going to be perfect. You will go through times of exile. You will go through times of uncertainty and in between. God never promises us that we will avoid the in between. But what we see in Jeremiah 29 is that God promises that his plan for us is good. So, so with all that said, let's jump into Jeremiah 29. God gives the, the Israelites clear guidance as to how they're supposed to live in their exile, in their in-between. So we're going to pick it up in verse 4. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses, settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and diviners uh, among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. In verse 10, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future then you will call on me and come and pray to me and i will listen to you you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart i will be found by you declares the lord and will bring you back from captivity I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. And, and so, so this is the letter to the people that are in between, in exile. This is God's letter to the people. And so just a little bit of context, Jeremiah is a prophet of God for the the nation of Israel, Israel being God's people. If you read through the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible, you'll see the story of God and his people, the Israelites. And so Jeremiah was called by God to go and prophesy to the Israelites because the Israelites had not been holding up there into the deal. See, God had made a covenant with the people of Israel. He says, I will be your God, you will be my people, I will bless you, I will take care of you, I will, I will help you to increase and grow, but you have to be faithful to me. The Israelites weren't faithful. The Israelites were worshiping other gods. The Israelites were taking advantage of people that were less fortunate. Their leadership had become corrupt, and they were failing to uphold their end of the deal. And so Jeremiah was called and sent by God to prophesy to the Israelites. He warned them that if... That, that what was coming for them was captivity and that, that the Babylonians would come and tear down Jerusalem. We've seen this, we saw this a couple weeks ago. And when Jesus enters Jerusalem, he talks about the destruction of Jerusalem that's coming. And so, so Jeremiah prophesies that, that this is coming. And, and, then, and then at this point, they're in captivity. They're out of place. They've messed up. They're in an unknown land with no control. They're in between. Let's just stop here for a second. The, the people of Israel had totally failed. The people of Israel found themselves in a place of pain and discomfort. They had blown it. But, but there's something really important that I want us to gather here in this Scripture I find great comfort in the fact that even when the Israelites had broken their end of the deal, even when the Israelites had failed miserably, what we see in this letter is that God is still pursuing them. Listen, if you find yourself in a place of in-between, if you find yourself in a place of exile, if you find yourself in a place of feeling lost, I want you to know today that God has not abandoned you. God has not left you. See, we serve a God that pursues us and has a plan for us, even when we can't see see it and when we don't understand it. And I believe that God showed us with the Israelites that, that God will continue to pursue us because God loves us. So we're gonna focus on the first three verses here. Verse four says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. I love this first part. God says, hey, you better settle in. It's going to be a while. You're going to be in this place for a little while. Go ahead and get comfortable. But, but what God is really saying here is God is saying, don't just sit there. Don't just wait around. Just because you don't know the plan, just because you feel out of place, just because you're in between doesn't mean that you should just sit around and do nothing. God says, be who I created you to be. See, life doesn't stop in the in-between. We are called to live our lives, to make the most of every situation that we're in. And so the Israelites find themselves grounded for a little while. But, but God says, build houses, plant gardens, grow continue to be who I created you and called you to be. See, when we find ourselves in between, when we find ourselves in exile, we are still to be kingdom builders. That's God's plan. That's been God's plan from the very beginning. It hasn't changed. God said to Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. God said to Israel over and over, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to continue to bless you. That plan didn't change because they went into the in-between. God continues to pursue. And God's plan is for God's people to continue to grow and build the kingdom. God's plan has always been for his kingdom to be built through his people. And so, so that just because we find ourselves in time out or in this place doesn't mean that we sit around and wait. Sometimes um, the boys will get in trouble. I've got four boys, if you're watching and, and don't know that, but the, the boys get in trouble. And sometimes when they get in trouble, they'll be grounded or I'll have to punish them in some way. But when I punish them or when I ground them, that doesn't mean that I change what I want for them. That doesn't mean that I love them less. I believe that's how, where God is here. God says, listen, you're in this place, but my plan for you hasn't changed. My plan is for you to continue to build the kingdom. And so God continues to pursue three things real quick. Number one, we do not cease to be God's people when our circumstances change. Our God has shown us time and again that he has called us to be his people and that he will continue to work in and through us. Number two, God does not cease to work when we are in the in-between. In fact, I think God does some of his greatest work When we're in times of turmoil or in times where we're confused or lost. Think about this. The places that would be considered in exile, the places that would be considered in between, or the places that are closed by the gospel in our world are the places where the gospel is spreading the fastest. See, if God's people will be faithful to continue to be the people of God when they find themselves in trouble... God is going to continue to work. And so, number one, we don't cease being God's people. And number two, God does not cease to work. But the third thing is really important, and that's that if we stop growing, if we cease to grow towards God, we're going to fall away. See, there is no waiting. There is no in-between. This happens all the time. I'll ground, the, the kids will get in trouble and I'll say, go to your room, you're grounded from the iPad. And they go and they pout and they fuss and, and they, they stop for a little bit living the way they should live and they throw a fit. And what happens is things get worse. See, when we stop following God's plan, when we stop growing, we don't just stay where we're at, We move away. We fall away. And so God says, don't just wait, grow. You're in this place of exile. You're in this place of in-between. This isn't a time for you to just sit back and do nothing. This is a time for you to be who I created you to be. So build houses, plant gardens, have children, marry your sons. Send, I mean, marry your sons. Find wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage. Increase, do not decrease. God says, don't just wait around, grow. See, God wants to work in and through each of us exactly where we're at. But that happens when we allow ourselves. That happens when we turn our hearts and our minds toward God and continue to be who God calls us to be. See, our tendency in these times is to sit back and is to wait. I don't don't know if you've ever been through something where maybe you were sick, maybe you were struggling, maybe you found yourselves in one of these in-between times, and our tendency sometimes is to sit back and say, I'll just wait this one out. I'm just going to sit here and wait until things turn around and things get better. The problem with that is, like I said, if we're not growing towards God, we're falling away. In fact, in verse 8, there are false prophets that are leading people the wrong way. He says, don't listen to the prophets and the diviners. They're telling you things that don't come from me. You know what those prophets and diviners were saying? They were saying, everything's going to go back to normal. Don't worry about it. Just be, it'll be fine. God says, don't listen to them. And then in verse 10, he says, after 70 years, I will bring you back. Can you imagine that? We're talking about generations that will live in exile in the in-between. But the good news is God does not stop working in the in-between. We do not stop being His people in the in-between, but God has a good plan for us. And so if you find yourself in a season of in-between, God's desire is not for you to hunker down and wait it out. Now, I'm not saying you can't pray for deliverance. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you shouldn't cry out to God for help, but God's plan is not for you to shut down and pout. God's plan is for you to continue to be who he called you to be from the beginning. And God's people should be the same in, in between in exile that they are in the times that are good, and that's faithful to God. And so God says, you are my people. Be my people. Don't just wait Grow. Let's go back to the Jalen Hurts story from the beginning. So his first two years, he was super successful, but at the end of his sophomore season in the national championship, he gets benched, and then his third season, his junior season, he sits the bench for that season. And Alabama had Tua as their quarterback. By the way, Jalen and Tua are both going to be in the draft this year. These are players that are going to go into the NFL. But but Jalen's sitting the bench watching Tua once again lead his team to the SEC championship in his junior season. He's in this in-between, and, and he has some options. What would he do in the in-between? Would he stop working? Would he get lazy? Would he run? Would he quit? Would he pout? How would he handle it? And I, I wasn't there to see how he handled it day by day, but, but from everything I've seen, he continued to work, continued to be faithful to the team, And what happened in his third season is they got to the SEC championship and things weren't going so well for him. And then all of a sudden the starter Tua got hurt and had to come out of the game, which meant guess who was getting the call. And Jalen Hurts walked onto the field that he had gotten benched from. And he took over once again as the quarterback of the team and he led Alabama to a victory in the SEC championship. See, he didn't sit around and just wait. He didn't pout. He didn't run. He continued to be who he had been his whole life. He continued to be committed to growing. And in the end, he ended up being who he was all along. He went on this last season to play at Oklahoma and was the runner-up for the Heisman Trophy. And so, so he didn't take that time of in-between to fall away. He didn't take that time to just waste time and wait. He worked, and he became better for it. Now, listen to me very carefully. I'm not at all suggesting, and I don't think Jeremiah 29 is suggesting That if you work, if you build houses, if you plant gardens, if you do all these things, if you work hard, you're going to be blessed with great earthly success. You're going to be the runner-up to the Heisman Trophy. You're going to be a national champion. I don't think that's what this is saying. But I do believe that God calls us in the midst of the in-between, The God who loves us calls us to continue to grow and I do believe that God has a plan for each of us. And if we will be faithful to be and do what God calls us to do, I believe that we will grow. I know that God will bless us. Maybe not here on earth, but we inherit eternal life. And so, so I would suggest to you that the God that loves you is continuing to work in and through you even if you feel like you're in a place of in-between. So what does it look like for us to build houses? What does it look like for us to plant gardens? What does it look like for us to continue to increase and not decrease in this time? Listen, we all find ourselves right now in a place of difficulty and in-between. I believe that God is calling us as the church to continue to be the people that he created us to be and calls us to be. So how can we grow? I've got, how can we grow in the in-between? I've got four things. Number one, I think the in-between is a great time for us to build our trust in God. When, When we don't know where to turn, when we don't know what to do, we can trust God. And I believe that in times of difficulty, those are the times where we learn best how to trust in God. Number two, In times of in-between and exile, those are some of the best times for us to build the kingdom by sharing our faith. Listen, there are a lot of people around you right now that have all the same questions you do but don't have the hope of a Savior. You have the opportunity to continue to share your faith, to trust God, to share your faith. Number three, to prioritize your life. I think there are a lot of things going on right now, and a lot of us are learning what's important. And and maybe some of the things, and and I'll just be really honest with you, sports are great. I love sports. I can live without them. You know who I can't live without? It's my Savior and my Lord. And in this time of in-between, I have the opportunity once again to say, God, you are first in my life. I have the opportunity to spend time with my family. And so if you find yourself in this place of in-between, prioritize your life. Make sure that the most important things are the things that you're spending time on, that you're growing in those areas. And number four, this is a time for us to continue to create new habits. So the band's coming up. We're gonna sing a final song. But, but we have the opportunity to 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 have some new habits, to learn new ways to be like Jesus in the midst of difficulty. Listen, if you find yourselves in the in-between today, and I think most of us do, God is calling us to grow. Our God is a God of increase, and God's plan for us is good. And God's plan for us is not to just sit around and wait and do nothing. God's plan is for us to grow, to be His people, to build His kingdom, no matter the circumstances. Are you going to grow in this time, Father? We love you today. Father, I give myself fully to you. I thank you for each person that's joined in and and worshiped with us today. Father, I pray as we find ourselves in this unprecedented time, as we find ourselves in a place of discomfort maybe, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to grow. Lead us to be who you created us to be and who you call us to be, Lord. Help the church to be the church now more than ever. Help us to be faithful to you. Help us to trust you. Father, I pray that each and every one of us would give our hearts to you today. That you would be working in our lives and that we would become more like you today than we were yesterday and tomorrow than we are today. We love you Jesus and we want to serve you with everything we have. And you're precious, you're powerful, your holy name we pray. Amen.